welcome to Future Prospects, guys. Have I got a show for you tonight? I only got a professional, but I've also got a little bit of modeling going on here throughout this interview. So I just had to say that. This young man came to me by a past guest, Alethea O'Hara Stevenson. And she said, you gotta have him on the show. So with no further ado, I'd love to introduce to you and I am so happy he's here. Dr. Janair Luars. Hi, Janair. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for the intro. <laughs> yes, I had to say it like that because, you know, you are so... Um, when Alethea had introduced me to you through LinkedIn, and then I went right into Instagram, and I was just captivated by your enthusiasm, your inspiration, your style, and I just had to go, man, I gotta get this young man on. So, I'm so glad you're here, and I thank you for taking the time, honey. Thank you for the opportunity, glad to be here as well. You're welcome, honey. So, you are a doctor. And I want you to share your first story. Introduce yourself to the viewers and then we'll take it from there, Janair. For sure. Uh, so my name is Dr. Janair Lures. I'm a new grad um, MD. So I'm interested in pursuing interventional cardiology in the long run. Uh, so presently, um, I'm getting ready for match uh, to do internal medicine. And then from there, subsequently specialize in cardiology. Um, in terms of my background, in uh, with regards to how I got involved with uh, medicine and cardiology, um, I'll actually let you back to my mother. So uh, when I was about 13 years old, uh, during a summer vacation, my mother gave me her anatomy book as she was preparing for her own uh, nursing course because she's an RN currently. Um, and with that, I developed an intrigue for cardiology. She said, pick one particular organ system, learn it for a month. And I stuck with the heart. And ever since then, uh, that's been my go-to. Um, I often say I chose cardiology first and then decided to be a doctor, um, but that's where uh, my heart lies. And ever since that moment, um, I would find that there are different instances throughout life that just reinforce uh, that love for cardiology. And I find that that's the most uh, innate aspect of medicine that resonates with me. Okay. Through our conversation, hon, um, is that you said you, you, and what you just expressed is that you started to do drawings and diagrams at 13 yeah. years old. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I, I fell in love with it in all aspects. Um, so I'm a sketch artist, my hobby. And um, when I started learning the heart, I started sketching it, drawing it, loving the intricacies, intricacies of it. Um, and then from there, I started to learn the dynamic of it. And it was just something that was intriguing, interesting for me. I, to be honest, I just feel a lot of aspects of medicine, I, not that they pale in comparison, but I just won't have a love for it the way that I love the heart. I know that sounds really cliche, but that's exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Now, when you were, how would I say now, how was school in itself? Yeah. How was it the transition from high school into medical school? Just giving it a little bit more. Um, so when students are looking at this, they can go, okay, we yeah. see it. We're going to see it through the pictures that are going to be uh, gracing at the uh, commercials. But just your walkthrough through school. How was that like? Like from high school, then again, going into medical school, et cetera. Yes. So from a very early age, based on the program that I was involved in in high school, it was the International Baccalaureate uh, Program. Uh, from the age of about 14, you have to know pretty much what you want to get into because they actually put you in particular groups that steer you towards whichever uh, university or college program that you would like to go into. So knowing that I wanted to do medicine at an early age pushed me into a group that allowed me to do pre-med in university and then so on. Uh, so from the age of 13 or so, um, I actually had to pursue what I dreamt of from that exact moment and then um, pursue everything since then. Uh, so since high school, then transitioned and went to university for uh, health sciences. And from that aspect, then applied for medical school. And um, here I am today. Um, but in terms of high school itself, um, that particular program was very in-depth. It was um, a course load that was similar to that um, entry-level university courses, uh, to the point that some of the courses are actually on the same uh, standpoint on my uh, university applications as well. So. Um, but again, going from high school, going to university, and then transitioning to med school, I had to have a straight uh, path and just knowing that that is what I wanted and couldn't deviate from that path. How did you stay within the game, hon? 
Like you're saying it, it sounds so easy. It's like, yep, the others are gonna, yep, okay, all right. But what made you stay in the game? What kept you going? Because let's be honest, medical sciences, that's not just a walk in the park. That's not like taking up a textbook and learning English. That's a whole different type of language. So how did you get through there? Uh, I think the way I got through was I looked at medicine as more than a job or even a career, but as a lifestyle. And it was my yearning for wanting to help, again, with love and life circumstances that I faced that wanted to really, that really reinforced my love for it. And with that dedication and motivation, that's what really kept me going throughout a lot of the tough times or study times where you're just exhausted and knowing that that was my goal, my dream, and knowing that I didn't have a plan B or C, that was what I wanted from the very beginning. So I, that was, that's pretty much how I lead my life. Um, there's something I want, I dream for it, I go for it. And in any aspects, whichever aspect of innovation that I can bring forth or find a way to make things work, I just have to push through to get to that standpoint. Um, yes, it sounds that I might be put, uh, forthcoming with regards to this as very easy, um, but it definitely isn't. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, motivation, personal dedication that uh, reinforces my own drive. But when you're seeing things that you want to change about society, things that you want to change about the healthcare aspect itself, then mm-hmm. knowing that you have to be in a position to do such things requires a certain level of dedication and obedience to what you want to do. So knowing those are the stakes at hand, that's really what keeps me going. Um, again, I want to be an advocate for patients. I want to be someone that can help not only my own family, but others as well, and to empower them to give them the autonomy to truly make informed decisions for themselves and be in total control of their care. And for someone to have that sort of control, you have to be a good teacher and they have to be a willing learner. But I have to have the wisdom in order to actually communicate that in an aspect that's understandable and one that can be embraced to be incorporated as part of their life. So again, all of this requires determination and dedication to get to that point. And though it's not easy, it's something that you have to love that makes it worth all of what you go through to get there. Wow. Like I said, when you talk, no breath taken, just keep, maybe you did take some breaths, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> Excuse me for a second. If I keep moving my head, it's because I'm looking at the clock. So it's no disrespect to your time. Um, passion, you're welcome. Passion, has that got a lot to do with it too? Because I was told by a headmaster years ago, that uh, when I was delivering my programs to the school, he goes, oh, passion, motivation, that's got nothing to do with it. But why is, Pat, what, how do you define the word passion and apply it to what you have accomplished? Well, the way I apply passion in terms of medicine for myself is that I identify with it, I identify with medicine. A lot of people that know me, they can't see me without thinking doctor. And that has been around since I was the age of 14 or 15. Everyone would identify me with the calling of a physician. And that's how I saw myself. And again, this wasn't because of the career, but my yearning to help, my wanting to teach everybody things I learned, uh, basic little things, even at that point. And just knowing that that was assimilated and a part of me. Now, when you know that that's just a part of your life, it's hard not to have passion with it because you know this is you. Everything that you're doing with regards to medicine or for myself with regards to medicine was reinforcing myself as a person. So when you're looking at it from that particular aspect, that's how you know that this is for you and it's very hard to stray away from that. And I think that's really what the passion really, uh, where it really lies, it's just really innate within me. Okay, so I want you to explain how, because there's an amazing video on Instagram and it just embraces your enthusiasm. You're in your car, you're like, whoa, yes, yes. And you got your, how you got the call, how you, how did you receive the information that you got, you passed? Share that with the viewers. Actually, uh, I received it through email. <laughs> um, so, and I was driving, so there's only so much I can do at the time, uh, but I received it through email. And honestly, I would say it was one of the best days of my life, if not the best days, the day of my life. Um, the way I perceive everything, it's the culmination of everything I've worked for my entire life, ever since 13, 14, and ever since then, knowing that that's what I've been striving for, that's what I've wanted, and all the dedication and the hard work, the laboring, the sacrifice of myself, my parents, my family, the support team that I've had. In that instance, it was everything. I watched my entire name change. I earned my title and in a way, I would say accomplished a life goal. Um, And I don't say my 
holistic life goal because there's so many things I want to do uh, subsequent to this. But just knowing that I've actually accomplished that feat was something that was tremendous. And it still resonates with me until this day. I think that's just always going to be um, a factor as I continue going and just having that sort of excitement. But I honestly can't even articulate truly how I really felt in that moment. Wow. How long did you had to wait, though, before you knew? Uh, it was about two weeks or so. Oh. Um, and yes, I had uh, finished my degree requirements, but then it uh, took some time, the documentation, the process to get everything sent over. So knowing that I finished, uh, but still having to wait officially for that certificate or for that degree to come in. <laughs> that, that was that was one one type of wait. I don't ever want to, have to wait that long again for something oh. that important. Um, but it was definitely worth the wait though. And that wait I would say started from 13 years old. It was definitely worth it. Wow, hon. There was a gentleman on the show, um, I think I told you this, Abdu um oh my gosh, I forget his last name, but forgive me. But Abdu Quasi, Quasi Abdul Poku. And he said to me, sometimes we forget what we've accomplished. Yes. Not knowing that if we look at what we've accomplished, we will keep going to the end game of it. And you embrace that so well in that video and what you've just said right now. And on that note, honey, we're gonna go to break. We're gonna come back guys with Dr. Janar Lurs M. Right. Welcome back to Future Prospects with Dr. Janaire Luars, MD. I'm going to brand that baby. I'm going to keep saying it because you have earned it. You have earned it, honey. So now you've done it. You've still got a journey to go. When you were doing your work, because some pictures we're going to show throughout the segment here, working in the hospital, we're in a pandemic. Yes. And you are dealing with patients. And through our pre-interview, Janair, you shared some stories that I'd like you to share with the viewers because you're right in there. We're not looking at television and hearing it from. You are right in there. Um, can you embrace that? What it was like first time now you're all dressed up in your PPE, you're, you're dealing with people and dealing with some people that have, have had COVID. Yes. Uh, I would say intense is the overarching term that I used to describe it. Um, but there's also an instance where I felt that I found myself. A lot of times when you're, especially in medicine, you wonder if when the call comes, if you're going to be able to answer it. And I feel that the pandemic actually gave me the opportunity to embrace that. Um, right. What had happened was if throughout medical school, the rotations were canceled. They wouldn't let medical students into the hospitals due to the nature of the pandemic. And okay. got an opportunity to volunteer at a hospital on the south side of Chicago. Um, that's where I was at for medical school. So um, I took the opportunity. The first glance that I got, I went for it. Um, my parents were not exactly the happiest about it. Of course, they were worried and uh, concerned. Um, but they also understood that within myself, knowing that I felt that I had my particular acumen with regards to medical knowledge and whatever I could do in terms of just myself, my presence to help, and being home, it just didn't sit well with me. And having the opportunity to go out and help was something that was tremendous for me. So I, I jumped at the opportunity. Um, but being in the hospital, it was definitely an experience that you had to be very bold for and you would have to toss your fears because this was at the height of the pandemic story where there was lack of PPE, uh, there are individuals that we, we just didn't understand at the time. And to some degree, we still don't know everything about it, but at that point we didn't know much um, and I worked in the emergency department as a volunteer alongside nurses and doctors there. And wow. they were predominantly COVID patients. They would get screened outside. And if something was wrong, then they brought them in. So these were not proposed or possible COVID. These were definite COVID patients. And of course, uh, throughout that time period, I witnessed fatalities. I, were, I worked on codes. I did code blue runs, um, did CPR on uh, many people that didn't make it, uh, unfortunately. And it was just one of those uh, instances that truly brought the realism to what I have embarked on, um, knowing that it's not just, again, a job or a, a positive um, flow of income or something along those lines. You have to love medicine to really do it because at some point, individuals will ask, do you think it's worth it? 
And right. if you know, this is your goal and your dream and you are passionate about helping someone, these are times that reinforce that drive to let you know that yes, it is all worth it. All the sacrifice that you have to input for the betterment of humanity, it is worth it. And the pandemic definitely changed me. It made me a bit uh, more serious about what I'm going about. It made me want it even more. And knowing right. that this is what we are privileged to, to have in terms of our knowledge and the, the background to be able to even help individuals in this time period and know that you can take advantage of that and use it for good. That was something that really struck me this, the first day when I went home and knowing that you know I was able to actually do something with what I've learned so far. It's not just about the books. So, so that was really really what um, le was left with me after the fact. I want to jump in there for a second. I didn't want to stop you. Mm -hmm. um, privilege, yes. that word really resonates to me. Even last week talking with our guest, um, Member of Parliament, Mumala Kakak, um, she defined the word privilege, but why did you say privilege? I want to ask you now, being, being a medical professional, yes. right? Why did you say that? Um, because I feel there's a lot of individuals that may have entered into medicine thinking that it is something that they have earned and therefore they have a right to it. And right. I believe that it's a privilege because not everyone has the opportunity to do this. Um, it's a privilege to have people entrust you in their care. Um, it's a privilege to have the opportunity to be in someone's darkest hour and have them trust you to tell you what their concerns are and have the privilege of knowing how to help and what to do. Um, it's an honor to be able to serve patients. It's an honor to be in the community, to be able to tell people that this is what is plaguing you or this is what you're doing right. And to be a source of reassurance and motivation for others in people just going about their daily lives. So that's not just the right to be earned. Yes, we work for it and it's, it's dedication and laboring and whatnot, but in the end, it's an honor to be able to serve people. So that's that's how I see it as it's, it's a privilege to be able to do, to do that. And um, I love it. I love having that said privilege. Wow, and a teacher, I can see you at presentations and seminars. I can just see more in what you do. Um, when you were there dealing with the COVID, dealing with COVID, which is still present right now, the pandemic, you shared throughout our pre-interview that it's not just elderly people, yes. it's also young people. So again, the show Future Prospects. Yes. educating them on the importance, and it is real, not saying that some are saying it isn't, but your um, concerns with it and what you've actually dealt with, Dr. was. So in terms of the pandemic, uh, we know that, yes, uh, elderly patients, those with comorbidities are susceptible to COVID more so based on statistics. However, even in terms of my own experience, I have seen individuals younger than myself, uh, early 20s or even younger, suffering from COVID. I know of individuals that have suffered from heart issues as a reason of COVID. And these may not be facts that are put out widely um, all the time in a, in a position by which everyone would say that this is something commonplace, but it does happen. The unpredictability with COVID is the concern. We don't know how it's going to affect us when we are in any sort of aspect of it. And I think that's really what fears, incites a lot of fear with regards to a lot of people. Um, we don't know how it's going to affect us. If you have asthma, you don't know exactly how it's going to impact that. We don't know if it's going to um, cause a death. We don't know if you're going to survive and be perfectly fine. We don't know if you're going to lose your sight or if you're going to lose your hearing or sense of smell. You're not aware of exactly how it's going to hit you. I think that's where the fear comes from. But for me, again, the fear is that because individuals are using statistics to govern how they think it's going to affect them, a lot of people are very careless with it, thinking that they're invincible, and they're not, because I've definitely seen 20-year-olds die from COVID. And it's something that's very heartbreaking to know that there's a life ahead of someone, but because of maybe misinformation or lack of knowledge, or even the willingness to adhere to the knowledge that's being dispensed, individuals are suffering for it. And it's still continuing till this day, and this is why cases have been rising here or in other parts of the world, and it's something that needs to be mitigated in order for us to proceed to some sort of normalcy subsequent to this pandemic. When you talk with patients um, yeah. or just talk with individuals, um, I hear now that people look at it that it's not here, it's not real. Yes. What is your views on that? What is your uh, views on that, Dr. Lewis? Uh, my views on that is try working in a COVID unit and doing CPR on someone for half an hour and watching them die in your arms and then tell right. them it's not real. It is real. It is plaguing individuals. I've seen loved ones 
or people die without their loved ones. I've seen individuals have to be intubated while their wives are calling them at the exact same time, not knowing that their loved one is literally transitioning before our eyes. It is real. It is not, uh, <laughs> it's not something that is made up. It's not government run or funded. Uh, it right. is, it's definitely something that is plaguing us. It's something that's very real, uh, very intense, and people need to take it seriously. And just because even again, if there's young people that feel that it's not going to affect them, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, we have grandparents, we have elderly neighbors. We That's have, right. And just being a decent human being, there are people around us that are going to be in our environment that may contract it based on us being asymptomatic carriers, if that is the case, if we're lucky to just be that. So yeah. it's, it's an aspect that we really need to consider that it's, it, the, the issues that we face, especially in terms of masking and following regulations, everything along those lines, I feel like those things are minuscule in terms of the risk for those that could really be susceptible to this thing. And we have to take it seriously. We need to know it's real, especially as a youth. We need to know that, especially with uh, talks of school, uh, schools being reopened, we need to consider things like this and know that as these children even going back to school, that they really know how to follow protocol and that those that are in positions of power or authority are able to truly govern and authenticate, authenticate everything that's definitely happening in the school system as well and make sure that these kids are not bringing this home to their parents or their grandparents as well. That's so right. that, that's, that's my last thing, um, I guess, note with regards to the realism of what we're facing. That's right, hi. When you come home after a day, I'm very well said. I thank you from my heart for that because that needs to be said. Um, when you come home, is there a whole procedure that you go through? Like, do you stay away from your parents, your brother, your sister? Like, what do you do when you come home? <laughs> so, um, in this home, we still we socially isolate in this home <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> to some degree, we do, um, especially my mom. <laughs> okay. Yes, we, uh, we socially isolate in, in a sense. Um, as soon as we come in, we wash our hands. This is something that's happened before COVID, though. Um, we, right. We always wash our hands as soon as we come in with soap. We don't touch the knobs. We don't touch anything. We wash our hands first. Um, but in terms of uh, since pandemic, when it comes to groceries, anything coming into this house, we wash it first on um, the laundry room before it comes into the general area. Um, even mail, we don't open our mail in the house. We wear masks when we're opening the mail. Um, so we're very strict, or my mother, I should say, my parents are very strict when it comes to uh, going about uh, our protocols inside this house with regards to the pandemic. And, Can I ask a question? Uh -huh. You yep. don't open your mail. Yes. You open it outside. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, I mean, okay. Amazon, um, Catapost, there, there's been cases throughout the warehouses. So, yeah, we don't take any chances. <laughs> wow. Yes. So you're pretty strict with it. Pretty you're strict. very strict. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something to you and it went right through my head because you're so focused on it. So you're very, very strict within your home and you washed your hands. Yes. So when you, when you listen to it and you see the importance of it, it, it is necessary to do that in every single thing you do within this pandemic. Yes. Yes. Cleanliness, sanitation, all of that is definitely necessary. That's, that's how we're going to get through this. Like, aside from masking protocols and social distancing, Cleanliness, simple cleanliness is how you will get through this. If you're going to a gas pump, wear gloves or sanitize afterwards, sanitize your steering wheels. Um, if you're coming inside the house, wash your hands, don't walk through the home because if you're doing that, if you do have any sort of virus on you or even aside from COVID, anything bacteria-wise, you're bringing it throughout your home. So that's something that you need to do as soon as you walk in, just simply wash your hands. Um, when I was at uh, the hospital in terms of uh, Chicago volunteering, if I was to enter the home, scrubs, everything at the door. Then wow. I, yes, I could not enter my general home because again, if there's virus, um, if there's some sort of virus or any trace of it on anything that I have or own, that can spread throughout my home. So that was how strict it was when I was back in Chicago as well, so. Well, yeah. you know, Dr. Lawares, every single time I do this show, every time I talk to a medical professional, I learn something new. I learned something new. Now I'm learning about mail. Now I'm learning about something new to apply to it. So this is good information. It sounds like repeat pizza, but it's okay. It's good pizza to eat. So it's all good. <laughs> Listen, my love, on that note, we're gonna go to break.
We're gonna come back, guys. I thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. Stay thank tuned, guys. Future Prospects. That's Lewis. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Future Prospects with Dr. Janaire Lewis. I was saying Loire's MD. You should have corrected me. Oh my Lord. Okay, Dr. Loire's. All right, Lewis, there we go, Dr. Lewis. Lewis. Okay, Dr. Lewis. Um, phenomenal segment, hon. Phenomenal, 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 phenomenal. Um, I'm gonna ask you one thing before I delve in my other set of questions for this segment. You're a volunteer doing what you have to do to move along within your career. Now you are smacked with COVID. How did you deal with that? Janelle, like, come on now, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, oh my God, we're in a pandemic. Oh, I've got a PPE on. Like, I thought maybe I can do a little bit of blood work or something like that, but boom. Like, how did you deal with that mentally? Because this will help you too in dealing what they deal with in challenges. Yes. Um, I think it was one of those real eye openers. It definitely made yes. medicine real. Again, taking me out of the textbooks and applying myself. Um, it was the first instance that I was really seen as a, a team member more than actually just a student. And I had the opportunity to really apply myself. And that was really uh, the biggest thing for me is this was the first instance that I truly got to see myself as a doctor in a role and be able to act as such. Um, of course, limitations as well, because, you know, I wasn't completely finished yet. I was still my rotations technically. But with that said, I had the opportunities to do above and beyond what I usually would have done as a medical student in rotations. Because again, I just had to answer a call along with other colleagues as well to just do our part in, a, in an environment where individuals were burnt out, uh, flat out. I had a lot of friends that were nurses as well in the same location and they were just tired. They were working um, 16 hour shifts. And again, of course, it's all for a good cause, but there's only so much that they can do and they needed help. Uh, so being able to do that and knowing that I had a presence in that sense that was um, beyond what I signed up for uh, was definitely something that uh, sits well with me. Wow, hon. Wow. Thank you for that. Thank you for taking the time to share that. Throughout your Instagram, throughout our conversation, you were such an inspiring young man. Thank you. And I'm, I'm not going to say your age, but how old are you? 29. 29. You've accomplished very well a lot of stuff and you stayed in the game but throughout your talk with me you are very inspiring Janelle. you're very very inspiring and you believe in your belief in god yes. number one and also you visualize goal setting hang in there it's all worth it yes. the importance of goal setting to you because did you goal set along because again this shows you your prospects so were you goal setting along the way? How important is that to you? Yes. Important to apply to your, if anything in life, speaking to youth now. Yes. Uh, so one thing I will rely on is actually some teachings of my father. Uh, so when I was much younger, he actually told me to make a six month plan, a five year plan, a 10 year plan very early on. And even if you weren't able to see it, but the thought of it to know that you're planning ahead is something that I utilize to pretty much apply to everything that I go about. I try to see myself in a position and try to find ways to work towards it. But the thing is, when you have a goal, you have something to go after. If you don't know what you want, you don't know what to strive for. So for myself, my goals and having them is what brought me here. And sometimes it's all you can rely on. There's times again, when you're not even just studying, but just going through life and going through the motions when life hits you, when you're trying to go after something. And it's just knowing that the goal is so tangible, it's so close. That's what's bringing you further along. It's not going to just be the fact that, yes, I'm going through this and so far things are good. No, when things are weary, it's knowing that you have those dreams and aspirations and can see what it's like after you've attained them. That truly pulls you along and that's what reinforces your drive. And when you're in a position where that goal is something that is positive, it's a goal that helps other people and not only your family, but individuals that you can touch and that you can uh, interface through all walks of life it's very hard to not plan for something like that and then sit and not want to go after that so goals are everything to me and that's why I tell everyone that if you have something that you love go
go after it, be motivated for it, don't give up. Um, that's why I use my platform for, especially on Instagram, to just motivate others that whatever you want to do, you don't have, it doesn't have to be medicine. Uh, it could be engineering, it could be law, it could be uh, doing mechanics, whatever you love, whatever trade or business that you want to open, as long as you have a goal for it and you have a vision for what you can do in the future, be motivated and strive for it and hang on to it. Because sometimes that's all you're going to have. But knowing that your goals are worth it, knowing that you are worth it, is really what's going to pull you through those tough times. And you will see yourself manifesting the goal that you've been striving for this whole time. I got to ask you a tough question here because I'm being the devil's advocate here and I have to play this role. I got to change the hat here, Jenner. Um, Youth are attending post-secondary now, right? And when yes. you go there, what's looked upon is lawyer, teacher, yes. engineering, and medical. Yes. You go off the grid and you're in with all those students and yes. you come in there with your passion that you are going to do, but you're not accepted because yes. now you've looked upon as different of that. How are you going to succeed at that? Hmm, that's a little different. Talking now from someone that has, a, done, has done it, but respects all passions and all goals. What's your message on that? Well, for myself, I respect all goals and all passions because I had opportunities where individuals thought that my goals were not even, not only that they weren't even worth it initially, but that I wasn't able to attain them. And okay. this is where you have to sort of believe in yourself. And this is where the respect comes for everyone else because everyone has a journey, everyone has a story. And wherever they reach or wherever they end up or wherever their goal is, you just have to respect that. Everyone wants different things out of life. Not everybody wants to be a doctor. Not everyone loves medicine. Not everybody loves law. And I don't think that you should be in a position where you have to fit the norm or what could be the status quo. You do what you love, right? right. So that's why I have that sort of love for anyone that would go after anything that they want to pursue. Because again, it's about your own happiness, your own life aspirations. And no one can tell you what that is. At the end of the day, when you are sitting back years after retirement, you want to know that you did something that you love for all your years. And I believe everyone has a role. Everyone has That's a role. Right. This world has every job needs to be done. So you can have you have to respect everyone that does everything. When I walk into a hospital, anyone that I see, I say good morning. And I respect everyone just the same. If I see the janitor cleaning up, I say thank you for cleaning up. I even remember being in Chicago and going outright to Janet and saying, thank you for cleaning up our mess. If it wasn't for you, I don't know how we would get through here. And, and he loved his job. He said, this is what I do. I love cleanliness. I'm a clean person. And this is my role. And I love it. I love him for that. So, you know, with that said, I just feel this one of those things where you need to respect others. And just that's how we get along in this world. Embracing everyone as important as equals and just knowing that everyone has a role and a part to play and never downplaying what someone else deems as satisfactory or what's deemed as their happiness. Oh, amen to that, my friend. Wow, oh my God, you gotta do some speaking, I know. Everybody tells you, you gotta laugh on this plate, down the road. Um, what was I gonna say to you? Black Lives Matter, I have to ask you this question. I have to, because some of the pictures reflect your class. You're not afraid of showing it. You walk it, you talk it, you do it, but you do it humbly, but you're not afraid to show it. So when you've seen and you've heard of the issues of racism yeah. and you've seen the equality and what the black people are fighting for, yes. um, how does that resonate with you as being a successful young black man, very sharp, very handsome, that have done it? And it's the truth. I'm just telling you like it is. You do, because when do you see those pictures, folks? But <laughs> I'm telling you right now, what is your views on that and your concerns of how we can be better with the whole issue of it? Yes. I think uh, the biggest thing is that we're trying to be seen as people. It's not right. even about trying to claim a, a place at the table. It's not about trying to take over anything. We're just trying to be seen as human beings. That's, that's really it. Just human decency is all we want to be afforded. Now, with that said, we also strive for Black excellence. We strive for excellence in any capacity as well because we weren't afforded that at some time period not too long ago. And being able to be staples of innovation and being able to generally impact society in a positive way is something that we want to do and we've been trying to do. And we've been hindered from doing it and still are being hindered to some capacity, especially as a Black male. When I look at the statistics, if we talk about the United States, 
Um, African-Americans in general, um, 25% are doctors, um, or 5% of doctors are African-American males, and the statistics are lower for males uh, specifically, right? In Canada, I believe that's 2.3% of doctors in Canada, uh, or Ontario specifically, see themselves as Afro-Canadian or Black. Um, wow. It's a very small proportion, right? And of course, that needs to be changed, but I think that's for another topic, but that, that's something that needs to be dealt with. And we need to see ourselves in those positions and see ourselves striving for that. And for that, we can do more for ourselves, more for the world. But in the topic of race, it's just equality, right? As simple as that is um, to state that, it may sound cliche, but that's all we want. We want to be seen as equal partners in the betterment of society and having the opportunity right. to do so. Right, I, I believe that we are striving something positive. We're not striving to do anything that's gonna hinder the world or taking opportunities from anybody else. Um, right. We are going out there to manifest the best of what we have to bring. And again, this is Black History Month, um, but there's a lot of great things we've done and it's been manifested. There's so many things that we've done to impact it in this world, in the, the world of medicine that we don't even know about. And it's been hindered and hidden but we have had a positive impact on society so far. And I don't think there's any negatives with continuing to do that. Uh, for that, with that being said, I want all the youth to, to know and to, to be aware of the fact that we do great things. We will continue to strive to do great things and um, race should not play a factor. We are not, as much as they call us minorities, we're not minor and we will go out and- oh, 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 oh. Back up here for a second. I had to interject, sorry. Repeat what you just said, because that is powerful. What did you just say there? Yes, as they are calling us minorities, we are in no way, no aspect minor. Right. Yes. Yes, yes. we strive for excellence, we strive for greatness, and we go forth in life knowing that we are capable and that we reflect that. Wow. That's why Alika said I had to have you on the show. <laughs> oh, my God. Before we go to break, where do you get all this from like where do you get all this positive and this i know who you're going to say it from but where do you get it from this belief this self-esteem this courage this boldness where do you get it from janair i will firstly say god <laughs> because he's the one that has um, shaped me and, and formed all my experiences that have renewed my mindset on life and with that all of everything that i've embraced and seen um that heightens my confidence, not in just myself, but just in knowing that there's positivity along the lines. And for that, in my mindset, I see things as a cup half full because if it wasn't for that, everything I've been through, I know that I'm still here. I'm speaking with you. I have the privilege of doing so. And I've been through a whole lot in my life and yet I'm in this point, this platform. So for anyone else that is wondering the same thing for themselves, where am I gonna see myself in five to 10 years when I'm going through obstacles and struggles? having that positive energy brings forth positivity in your life. And I truly believe that. And knowing that you have a higher calling with a higher power above you that's leading and guiding you, that's definitely something that you need to have confidence about. And that's where I, I find I get that from. Woo! You can do this if you want. <laughs> you can do it. Come on, you got to do it with me. Quick, quick, quick. We got to go to break. You got to do it. All right. All right. On that note, we'll be right back with Dr. Janair Lures, MD. Welcome back to Future Prospects with Dr. Janair Lewers, MD. Great stuff, pearls of wisdom, like I always say on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Dr. Lewis, this segment I want to embrace not only both parents, but there was one beautiful woman in your life that you talked about so much throughout the pre-interview. Yes. And the viewers are going to be able to see her beautiful picture um, who has been the one that's not only besides your dad, but in two different types of motivation, who is that lady that's just kept you going and da -da -da and that just, <laughs> that is my mother. That is okay. Yes. Um, my mom has definitely been a source of inspiration, motivation. She's my biggest supporter, one of my best friends. Um, again, she is the individual that got me interested in medicine in the first place. Um, again, as simple as just reading her book, but in some instances, I, I feel right there, she, she knew me. She knew me from that very point in terms of my career, what I would be in the future, and 
ever since that point, she's always reinforced me. She's always told me, you know, just keep studying. It's going to be worth it. Even till this day, even today, she even told me, just keep going, keep going. It's going to be worth it. You'll see it. Believe me, trust me, it will be. And she has always, again, been there for me. Every, I mean, that's a mother, right? Um, but in this aspect, when it comes to the career aspect, it's great to have a mother that's also in her background, in her field. Um, we communicate about medicine. She'll tell me tidbits about her experiences in the hospital. And to know that she sees me now at this standpoint that I've achieved what I've, I've achieved, I've achieved, sorry, at this point, um, and knowing that I've been able to make her proud is something that definitely just resonates with me. Um, I, tell her, I used to tell her all the time, um, she would say, I'm proud of you there. Um, and this point, I wasn't done yet. And I say, mom, no, you can't be proud of me until I'm done. When, when I, when mm -hmm. I, you said that, yes, yes. I always say, no, I'm proud of you because you're already doing it. You're there. Even if you don't have it yet, you're already there. And hearing those words always reinforced me knowing that it was coming. And when I finally saw it, she was the first person I, I ran to to tell her, and she wasn't even at home. She was at the mall. And I ran to the mall to meet her at the mall to tell her, mom, I got it <laughs> in the middle of the mall. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, but she, she's definitely been my, my backbone when it comes to, to all of this and just always been there and supportive. And again, wow. for her, it would, this would not have happened. And just truly thankful for her, her wisdom as I, I course through life and through medicine and everything that, uh, you know, I've been graced to experience so far. That's right, hon. When you took that picture, which the viewers are going to have seen or will see, um, how did you feel standing beside her? She's in uniform, you're in uniform. Like, how did you, like, if you can just embrace that moment for a minute, because, wow. Like, I know when our son walked across the stage and he got his diploma from grade 12, but now he's attending uh, university. But we know how we felt, but how did you feel? Like, how did you feel, hon? If you can embrace that for us. Proud. Um, I'm proud of being beside her. I'm proud that she was my mom. It's, it's funny, we had this discussion, I would say three days ago, where uh, we were in public and she was just saying, you know, I realized something. When you're with me, it seems like you're proud to be with me, but it's me that's proud of you. <laughs> proud of each other. And it's, it's, it was just really, uh, to know that's, that's the setup with uh, between ourselves. And just standing beside her and knowing that um, she's a nurse and I'm a doctor and um, it's almost like being, you know, two, two halves of a whole in that sense. And knowing that she was able to produce this out of all of what she's worked for to get to this point, still working for it in terms of helping me get to where I am in this standpoint. Um, I'm proud to know that I've been able to accomplish what I can accomplish for her and for the rest of my family and to let her know that all her investments, all of her words of wisdom have not gone to waste. And I implore anyone that has the, the privilege of having their parents to support them and push them and guide them take heed to them. They're, they're never wrong. They're not going to steer you wrong. They love you unconditionally. Listen to them. And I'm, I'm sure that you'll go much further than just going off of your own will. <laughs> you got it, hon. Mentorship, hon. Because you do a lot of, you're doing it even on your Instagram. Your Instagram is amazing. That's why I keep referring to it all the time. Mm -hmm. And you do some really, really great words, the way you explain things in a way, it's always inspiring, but you're mentoring through your messaging. You really are. You know, you are because you are mentoring me when I was looking at the other day. So how important is mentoring within your life and life in general, if you're going after something? Yes. Um, well, we always need to rely on experiences that we've not even had, right? Um, if we are not exposed to something, we can't know it. And if you're gonna venture into something and you have no knowledge about it, it's always uh, going into something that you don't even know if it's tangible. Now, having someone that's experienced things and gone through the motions prior to yourself that can infer some sort of uh, leadership or let you know what's ahead is something that's always beneficial. Now, I had my mentorship in terms of my parents, but in terms of a physician, again, we know the rates in terms of black male physicians. I didn't have a black male physician to lead me through a mentoring. I didn't have a physician to teach me um, you know, how to go about life. I had a lot of interns in medicine and careers. I know a lot of friends that had parents as doctors and could course through things specifically in terms of even exams, but I didn't have that. Now for myself, I try to be that source of mentorship for a lot of other individuals that may not have that themselves. And even at my standpoint, I know I'm still 
a rookie, so to speak, in terms of uh, my career. But I feel that there's so many experiences that I've gone through to get myself to this point that at least I can help individuals get to this aspect of themselves where they can see and envision themselves as a doctor. And of course, the career will come along and experiences will shape them as well. But at least to get to that point, I know that I can do that much and give back in that sense because I believe that if we have knowledge attained, it's worth to disseminate. Right. Knowledge right. is supposed to be shared. Wisdom is supposed to be shared and imparted, and especially with the youth that we have coming now. They need guidance more than ever. So I try to be that positive role model, that example for them. Uh, I even think about COVID-19 and its impact on them. I think of uh, my siblings that have been home because they're not able to actually venture into school. And the fact that that has an effect on them as people in their psyche as they're growing up is going to affect the way that they go about their their career aspects and their goals because they're now home without authority figures for instance in terms right. of teachers. uh they're not having the social interactions that would develop them as people at these particular instances in their lives so thinking about the youth are going to be going through this not having that sort of emotional acumen or, or even the aspect that they can utilize to govern later on in life as the new generation that will be taking over Right, we need to know that these individuals or these kids are going to have mentorship. So when they're in those roles, they know how to handle them. They have to have again the emotional aptitude and acumen to go about these things and know that they're well pushed and well driven and well oiled machines, so to speak, to be in those roles and positions. So I try to do that from my I say small standpoint now through social media and hope right. that with my positive impact will impart on at least one child or one person that when they grow up whether it's medicine or anything, at least they have a positive aspect in knowing that they can achieve what they want to achieve. And knowing that I can do that to one person in society is something that makes it all worth it from this aspect of my career and just my being in general. Wow. Thank you for saying that, Christy. That's what you said through our pre-interview, is that you're concerned about later on with the mental health of you for how they're dissecting this and digesting this. Um, are you hopeful for the youth, for the future generation right now, when you look at the issues that if it's um, um, just the crimes or just in all like in youth itself, yes. are you concerned? What's your thoughts on that, my love? And I want to ask you something before we let you go. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm hopeful, but I am concerned. I, I do have siblings that are, you know, teenagers and of course trying to be a positive impact on them they have social media they have friends that may again this is the age that they're influenced right right but the way that this particular generation has been there's been crime waves and it's kids 12 year olds 13 year olds that are gunning each other down and you know this is what we're seeing in our city we're seeing it countrywide statewide um and it's concerning because again in terms of that emotional acumen that aptitude later on in life if this is what they're harboring now and internalizing and because it's so widespread on social media that young kids are seeing this happen and play over, it's almost being normalized. This is going to be worrisome for when they become adults and they have kids. What are they going to impart? Again, they're going to be the next generation stepping up to take over things. So how are things going to look in 10 years when knowing that the foundational basis of their childhood or upbringing was laden with talks of crime and, and you know, gun running and things along those lines it's concerning and it's something that we why we have to use utilize platforms like this to show that there's difference out there right <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right that's why, right this is for that to show that there's different sides of things there's more to us not even just as minorities or or black or white anything along those lines but just knowing that there's positivity still in this world and in the society that they can emulate and know that they're more than their environment and even when they say being a product of your environment, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to harbor the negative aspects of that environment to be a product of it. You can take the positives of it and even the negatives, but use it for something that pushes you beyond that, that you're able to, again, interface with the rest of the world with a positive attitude and just be a positive light and shine that light everywhere that you walk in life. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I'm, enjoy I'm just soaking it in. Before I let you go, what is your next chapter, my friend? What is Dr. Janar, Janair Lures, yeah. MD's next chapter? Yes, um, so right now, uh, looking forward to residency. Uh, so really just starting my career off in internal medicine, um, utilizing myself on my platform to pursue my dreams in that aspect. But I really want to use my platform for more good. And when I say my platform, not social media necessarily, but 
being in a position where I can actually have a physical, tangible impact. Um, I think a lot of the homeless situation. Um, so I, when I would actually visit home during my transition from medical school, I'd actually assemble a team of friends and actually go downtown Toronto with uh, food packages. This is pre-COVID and actually hand out to individuals. I remember it was Thanksgiving weekend. We just made uh, turkey sandwiches and uh, juice boxes and um, granola bars and gave out, not specifically to anyone in shelters, but we would look out and find people sitting on the street that couldn't find themselves in a shelter and leave food packages for them that even if they woke up, they see it. Now, for myself, I want to be able to involve myself in free health screenings, be able to help individuals that are homeless specifically uh, wherever I end up. And that's just a passion that I have. And to be able to just, again, impact those that really feel like they're on the bottom of their luck and know that they're still good out there and people that are willing to see them thrive and get to a better sample in their own lives. So I think that's really where um, I see myself going into and again, a lot more beyond that. Um, but that's that's the, the most immediate thing I would say besides venturing into uh, internal medicine residency and then cardiology. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Will you come back, Dr. Lewis? Definitely, definitely, of course. All right. So you got to do, <laughs> do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon. Thank you.